we're on part, I don't even know, part 11, part 11 of financial freedom. And uh, we are in the practical side of finances, of money. And uh, I, don't, I don't know if you guys have went back and listened to them over again. I have. <laughs> and I, I, they're good. <laughs> I'm not saying it's, the delivery might not be good, but what is being, the, the, wis, the wisdom and the biblical knowledge and is what's good in it. Um, and uh, I, I strongly recommend that you go over it because I'm not going to have time to preach it all preach it all again to you this morning. But uh, last week was, was uh, very, very good and key. And this is part two of um, that first um, building, building your first X. And I'll explain all that in a little bit. But let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that you're a good father. As we sung this morning, you are for us. You're not against us. And you are empowering your body, the, the, the body of Christ, the church of the living God, to prosper and have success. You are empowering us to change the world. You are empowering us to, to, to rescue the brokenhearted. You are empowering us to lift up those that the world has downcast. You are empowering us to make all things new through the power of Jesus Christ. We say your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. We praise you. We worship you. And we thank you for all your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18, a scripture that you guys should have memorized by now. But in case you haven't, I got it up on the screen and I got it before us. It says, but you shall remember the Lord your God. It is he who is giving you power to make wealth that he may confirm his covenant, which he swore to your father's as it is this day. This is an awesome promise. This is an awesome promise. God says that he empowers you to get wealth. Why? So he can prove that you're in a covenant with him. So he can prove that you, you're in a covenant with him. And some of you might be thinking, yeah, Chad, but this is the Old Testament. You're right. This is the Old Testament. This is a different covenant they were even under. But we have a better covenant with better promises, the Bible says. The new covenant is even better than the old covenant. So that's good news. And as we're going through this, you're, you're finding out that, that God's formula for to, to, to um, make wealth, because you make wealth, you don't earn wealth. You, you, you wealth, when you understand the principles of God, wealth will start making money for you, independent of you having to do it by the sweat of your own brow. We, we talked about that last week, and we'll, I'll touch on it a little bit today. But the problem is, is most people, again, miss opportunity because opportunities come dressed in overalls and look awful lot like work. God isn't a genie. God doesn't just magically do things in life. He's about building our character. He's about about transforming us into how he is. And does yes, does God does miracles. Yes, does, God does instantaneous miracles. He can, he can, there's instantaneous financial miracles he does. But that's not the norm. The norm is the just shall live by faith. 
We live out the principles of God in our life. We live those out and see the manifestation of God's goodness in our life. We've been studying, we've been going through um, the triple X factor. This is a, um, a teaching and a formula um, imp- um, put down on paper by um, Billy Uphart. He's an MBA. He's also a teacher at the Karis Bible College in the business school. And uh, this is a theory that, that Billy believes that God has given to him. And basically, it has three X. And we're going we're gonna to go through those real quick. But first, we're going to read. Matthew chapter 25. In Matthew chapter 25, it's the parable of the talents. And it says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to the one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. I can't teach all this. I taught it in earlier messages. But just to point out, God gives according to your ability. He doesn't expect you to produce more than you have the ability to produce. That right there shows you that all life has value. Every person on the face of the planet has value because because he gives to their own ability to produce. And immediately he went on the journey. Verse 16, Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them, and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received the one went, dug in the ground, and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more besides these. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also had, he who had two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you were a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But the Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. So take that talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents. I read all that scripture to you for one simple question. Which one are you? Which servant are you? We must not be like the last servant that live in fear. Live in fear. 
and are paralyzed and do nothing at all. Just because of the, what I've read of Jesus in the Bible and what I've experienced in my own life, I, I, I guarantee you that that last servant that was so afraid of doing anything, if he would have went out and lost it all and came back to Jesus and said, look, I went out, I did my best, but I lost your talent, I have nothing to give. I bet you he would be just as faithful as the ones that gained double. See, we, 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 look, at, we, we look at the outcome. We, we look at the outcome. We look at what is produced. But God looks at the heart. God looks at the heart. And I'm telling you, if, if, if you're paralyzed from doing anything for God, that means that you're just trusting yourself more than you're trusting God. You're, you're trusting in a God that you're afraid is going to spank you rather than be merciful and gracious. And I'm telling you, you're going to fail. You're going to fail. I've failed in my life. I've done, I've paid stupid tax. You know what stupid tax is? That's money that you lose because you did something stupid. But that, you, you don't quit. There might have been things in your life that you've done that you lost it all maybe. Maybe you could have lost it all. And it's paralyzed you from doing anything ever again. That's not who we're called to be. We're called to be people of faith, people that are trusting God. And listen, yeah, you can gain, you can gain experience. You can gain knowledge from your mistakes. But it's a lot better to pay for someone else's knowledge. Wisdom is key to everything when it comes to finances. To get wisdom. So many people just try things and just, just do things without ever finding out the wisdom behind how, what they're investing in, what they're about, a business they're about to start, whatever, whatever it might be. They might get involved in real estate, and, the, and they just hear that someone else did it, and so they just go out and do it. That's foolishness. That's foolishness. We're supposed to get, be, be wise as serpent and gentle as doves because God wants you to have barns. We, we talked about this parable the last, what, two or three weeks. That parable that Jesus told about the, about the farmer that had a prosperous crop. He's sown and he had an abundance of a harvest, right? It was so big that he didn't know what he was going to do with the harvest. And so instead of seeking God's wisdom on it, he sought his own wisdom. And he says, I know what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build bigger barns. See, those barns that he had were built perfect. He built those barns in mind saying, when these barns are filled, I have everything I need. But God provided an abundance. And instead of finding out why God was provided in abundance, he's reasoned within himself. And the story goes on. Jesus says that the man builds the bigger barns, thinks that life is great, and then he dies. So all of his abundance goes to somebody else. Instead of using, using the abundance that God has given him to 
perfect the world, to build the kingdom of God, to be rich towards God, right? That's what this is all about. This is all about being world changers, building the kingdom of God. And God wants us to do that. And we talked about the triple X factor. And, and I'm just going to go through this very quickly. If you, if you want it more detailed, go back and listen to the foul, the, the uh, previous messages. But this is a chart. You can make, you're supposed to be making your own chart. And this right here, up and down, is monthly income. So we got 2,000, 4,000, 6,000, 8,000, and 10,000. And then at the bottom here, you have years. One year, two years, three years, four years, five years. There's 12 dashes in between each year. That represents the month. And these dots, there should be 12 dots between each year, but I was lazy, and I didn't know if you could see 12 dots. So there isn't 12 dots there, but there should be 12 dots. There's 12 dots here. And this white line right here represents your income. The red line represents your expenses. And because the... the uh, Average of, of Americans have more expenses than their income. That's why we represented it that way. This, this gentleman, he's making about $4,000 a month, but he has about $4,500 of expenses. And how does he manage to do that? Through consumer debt. And we talked about that. So the, what, what you need to do to create your first X, see this X right here? This is why it's called the triple X factor. There's three of them. The first X is getting your income to drop below your expenses. Or get your expenses to drop below your income. Right? And when you do that, it produces this green line or green dot down here at the bottom. That's money that you have above and beyond your income or your expenses. Right? So at that point, you have a question you can ask yourself. You get, you're going to be asking yourself, well, I got extra money. I got money that I, I haven't spent yet. Most people have more days in the month than they have money. But now, all of a sudden, because you, you're doing the principles of the first X, now you're finding that you have more money than you have days in the month. So what do you do with that money? Well, you can either blow it, or you can start investing it, using it to build your second X which I'm going to show you in just a second here. So here's, the second, your, here's your second, second X. Here's, here's your um, expenses that continue to go down. Why do they continue to go down? Because not only did you pay off your credit card, your first credit card, your second card, credit card, your third credit card, you also paid off the, the living room suite that you paid at 12 months, same as cash. You paid off the boat. You paid off your car. And as you go, you're paying off your house. Your expenses continually are going down. And because, as we talked last week, you're working on your number one asset, which is what? Your number, number one asset is you. You are the number one asset in your life. And so many people don't spend any time investing in their number one asset. So you're investing in your number one asset. You're becoming more valuable to, the, to the, your employer and, and uh and because you're because you're investing in yourself, your self-esteem rises. You you go for you ask for the promotion. You go you go and 
and try to take another position in the company, you just start, your income starts going up because when you start investing in yourself, it's natural, it's a, it's a law. As you start investing in yourself and you, you will start growing in your income. But then you had all this extra money left over and this extra money instead of just blowing it, instead of just spending it, you start investing it. And as you invest it, you see it starts growing. And then all of a sudden, it crosses your expenses. And this is a great place to be. As we discussed, this is a place of financial freedom. At this point right here, this money that you've been investing is crossing your expenses, and this is a place of financial freedom. This is where if you choose to, you don't have to, if you choose to, you can quit your job. You can quit your job and live off your investments. And you continue stewarding. You don't stop working. You're just doing a different job. Now you are stewarding your assets to build wealth. And as you see over here, there is now a yellow dot. That yellow dot is above and beyond. This is what we're talking about in that parable, where the barns are full. Your barns are full. Now you can do one or two things. You can tear down your barn and build bigger barns. Or you can say, hey, I got everything I need. I wonder what God wants me to do with this extra money. And this is where you can start investing into, into the kingdom of God in such a way that you transform communities, that you transform people's life. At this point here, you start, you're starting to think, Maybe I'll send someone, someone that I don't even know to college. Maybe, maybe I'll invest in, in our school system. Maybe, you know, you're changing the world. Maybe I'll, I'll send people to, as missionaries around the world. Maybe I'll start an orphanage. There's so many things. You just start believing God and watch him do some awesome stuff in your life. So what happens is as you are stewarding these investments, this financial independence, this money that is making money for you, you get to a point where, hey, this is where I'm happy. I'm happy right here. I have as many TVs as I want. I have as many cars as I want. I have my home paid off. I'm, I don't need any more money. My, my barns are full. And at this point right here, where you get to the place where, where you are happy, everything above and beyond just goes radically into the kingdom of God. I mean, back here, you're tithing, you're giving your offerings, you, you are believing God back here at the first X. You're believing God, you're tithing, you're giving back here at the second X. But right here, it's, you're giving away abundance of wealth. You start giving everything above and beyond. You are now an agent of change in, in the world financially. But unfortunately, not everybody is at the third X. And unfortunately, not everybody are at the second X. Statistically, most Americans are at the first X, or still trying to build their first X. 
they're still trying to get their expenses below their income, right? And then, you might be thinking, this is a weird teaching at, on Sunday. And, you know, I wrestled with this. I wrestled with, with this. Is this a Sunday morning teaching? And I really felt like the Lord just put on my heart that, Chad, the reason why you've never seen a teaching like this on Sunday morning is because you've never been discipled financially. You've never been discipled on money. And we are a discipleship church. We believe in discipling individuals. We believe in transforming people's life with the word of God. We believe in everyone becoming fruitful in their life. And so this, what we're doing is discipling you on money. And we talked about building your first X. And your number one asset, the first step into building your first X is what? Invest in your number one asset. So many people think that they get paid for their time. And that is completely wrong. You do not get paid for your time. You get paid for your value. Right? And I, and I said, I'll, I'll prove it to you. Next week, go to, go to work. And if you only have to work 40 hours that week, show up and give them 60. Give them 60 hours but don't do a thing. See if you have a job at the end of the week. You won't have a job. Why, why are you getting rid of me? I gave you 20 more hours than you required of me. It's because they're not paying you for your time. They're paying you for your value. And the more valuable you become, the more they be, will be willing to pay you. Do you understand that? That's a, whole, that's a whole way you got to shift. So many people show up to work thinking, just putting their time in. And they wonder why they're not climbing the ladder. It's because they're not looking for people that's just putting their time in. They're looking for people that bring value. Bring value. So how do we increase our value? How do we increase our value? Just a recap of last week's message. We increase our value. First of all, you, re, you increase your value by positioning yourself spiritually. You have, to, you have to get God's wisdom, God's mind. You have to get the attitude of Christ built within you, right? And we do that through the, the word of God and prayer. We have an active prayer life. And our, and our prayer life isn't just locking ourselves in a closet for an hour, walking out, shutting the door, and leaving God in there. Our prayer life is a, a communion with God throughout the day. I, I, I shared this last week, but it's worth repeating. I love what Smith Wigglesworth said about his prayer life. Someone asked him, um, Smith, how often do you pray? And Smith says, well, I don't normally pray more than 15 minutes. He says, although I hardly ever go 15 minutes without praying. We are in communion with God. We walk and talk and have fellowship with God. We pray with our understanding. We pray in the spirit. And we also glean. We get our mind renewed through the word of God. The word of God through teaching materials, through, through men of God that are teachers. You know, you can learn everything that there is to know about God through the word of God. 
But some of us need to catch up quick, right? We've neglected it for too long. So what can you do? You can listen to other men of God that has spent years in the Word and learn from them. But at the same time, you need to be gathering the Word of God for yourself. So first thing you need to do to make yourself more valuable is you need to spend time in the Word of God. You need to be renewing your mind and spending and cultivating a lifestyle of prayer. The next thing is, is never stop learning. Never stop learning. So many people, they graduate from high school, they graduate from college, and they think that's the end. They get a certificate, and they think that's the end. See, it's the same thing as thinking that you get paid for your hour, for your time instead of your value. You think that you went to college for a certificate. And that's what everybody's trying to get, is a diploma. That dip- I, I don't know about you, but I, I've never asked, had anybody ask me to see my diploma. They want to know what you know. Right? So you never stop learning. And that's going to take reading. Reading books. Reading books. When's the last time you, you read a book on fi- finances? Why are you complaining about your finances then? When have you, when's the last time you read a book about about uh, just leadership and 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 principles of life? When's the last time, if you're a business owner, when's the last time you let, uh, read a book on on how to manage employees and and how to how to um, marketing? When's the last time you did a, read something on marketing? And you're sitting here thinking, ah, I'm not, I'm not a reader. I don't care if you're not a reader. Read. I don't read something. And for those that don't like reading, until you decide, yeah, this is good. I like reading. You know what you need to do? You need to get audiobooks. You need to listen to podcasts. You need to watch YouTube videos. We have an abundance. We have a cornucopia of knowledge available to us if we just will partake from it. And it's free. Most of the stuff is free. And I'm telling you what, if you had to pay for it, it's worth the money. Wisdom is worth the money. Knowledge is worth the money. Because it's, a, like I said, it's better to pay for someone else's knowledge than to learn from your own mistakes. Next thing is to get a coach, get a mentor, or at least expand your friends. The average, you're you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Think of the five people you spend the most time with, that's who you are. And I'm not saying you need to get rid of all your friends. But you should be gathering around people that are on the same mission that you're on. Jesus had 12 disciples, right? Yeah, he spent his his time out in in the public. He spent his time with sinners, tax collectors, and the religious folk. But the majority of his time was with his 12 disciples. We need to surround ourselves with people that are going in the same direction that we're going in, right? I mean, Billy Apart 
said that someone that considers themselves poor should go out and buy a rich person a six-course meal and get them talking and ask them questions. How did you get to where you are? What makes you who you are? What principles do you guide your life in? The next thing is pay attention because success leaves clues. Don't assume that you know how people became successful. Pay attention. As a pastor, I I pay attention to, to what people are doing in the kingdom, in the, in the sphere of religion, in the sphere of the body of Christ. I have to. I see how other people are doing it. Now, we don't, we, we don't implement or, or, or just take a formula and say, well, this formula worked there, so we're just going to do it here. No, you use wisdom. You, you're in that communion with God. You're praying, and you're seeking God on how to do things. Because not everything works everywhere. And not every calling on every body is the same. But the same thing is for your life. You should constantly be seeing how other people are becoming successful, how other people are are investing their money, how they're doing things. Because you are your number one asset. You are your number one asset, and you bring value to your spheres of influence. There is Always a way to increase your value. And when creating the first acts, increasing the value is the first thing you should be focusing on. So that's the recap. The next thing is on getting to your first X. What is getting to your first X? Do you guys remember what it is? It's getting your expenses below your income, right? So after you've done all that, you continue doing all that. But then you focus on living on less. Stop consuming everything you have. In Proverbs 6, 6, it says, Take the lesson from the ants, you lazy fellow. Learn from their ways and be wise. For though they have no king to make them work, yet they, work, they labor hard all summer, gathering food for the winter. We need to wake up and realize that if we consume everything we have, then we have nothing to prepare for the future. We have nothing to prepare for the future. So we need to learn to live on 80% and strive to live on 70. Yeah, I said, you heard me right. We need to learn to live on 80% and strive to live on 70%. So what does that look like? Well, the 80% of your income goes to your expenses, it goes to debts, rent, food, fun, etc. Then you partner with God with 10%, and then you put 5% with a professional investor, and then you personally let invest 5%. You personally invest 5%. See, that's where a lot of people miss it. They're not actively investing themselves. When you go to 70%, you partner with God with 10%, you put 10% with a personal investor, and then you invest 10%. So what's personal, professional investing? Professional investing would be a 401k, an IRA, right? But listen, 
if your employer is not contributing to a 401k, you shouldn't have a 401k. And and listen, I'm not no, I'm not a uh, a uh, financial advisor. So anything I say is just you check it out before you do anything. But 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 really, a 401k is a wor- is not a good investment if your employer is not contributing to it. Um, if if you're, it's better to have a Roth IRA or mutual funds. Because what happens to a lot of people is that they think they have all this money invested for their retirement, and then they find out that they get taxed really heavily when they start taking it out. So they think they have all this money to live on, but a good portion of it goes to taxes, and they have a lot less than they thought. Where a Roth IRA is ta- it's pre-tax, so you pay all the tax up front, so when you go to take it out, in the future, there's, there's no tax on it, okay? Just so you know. So you should be putting, right now, you should be putting 5% of your income into a professional invest investors. But you should also invest personally. You should be taking 5% of your income and investing personally. And what does that look like? What does that look like? Well, there's lots of things that you could do. There's lots of things you could do. You could start a business. You could start a home business. You know, Mary Kay, Pampers Chef, you know, there's all these businesses out there you, you can start. See, I have, no, I have no qualms about those types of business. People call them pyramid schemes and all that stuff like that. No, they're a business. The problem that I have when people, because I I've had every single business, one of those businesses come and want to talk to me. And I listen to them all. I've listened to anyone that's ever come and asked me, I've listened to it. Because who knows? Who knows when there might be an awesome opportunity? But here's the problem that I have with those businesses. They try to say that it doesn't take any effort. It doesn't take any work. No, it's a business. And when you invest in that business to get all the products and everything, you're going to be working your butt off to sell, to move, to get other people to buy into the vision, and do the business also. I, so I have nothing, there's nothing wrong with those types of business. For a lot, some people, they have, have been very successful in those businesses. But don't try to tell me it doesn't take any work. It's a job, and it's going to take work. But above that, we have, you could, well, you could start an eBay store. You could start an Etsy store. Do you guys know what Etsy is? Etsy is, is a store for homemade goods. Are you good at quilting, knitting, making curtains, what are, building signs, woodworking, all of this stuff? There's, a, there's, a, there's an internet site called Etsy that you ha- can sell to the entire world. My wife, I, don't have, I wish I had it on today, but for Father's Day, I got a nice leather band for, for uh, my Apple Watch, and she bought it from Etsy. So you could start that. Take 5%, start investing in something, in, in, in making something, materials to make something. If that's what you're into, if that's what you're good at. Farmer's market. We have farmer's markets popping up. That's, it's, it's huge now. Everybody wants to buy from the farmer's market. If you've got a great big garden, get a spot at the farmer's market. 
And, and, and if you don't have enough money to rent an entire spot in the farmer's market, look around. You got other gardeners sitting around you. What a great fellowship time. You can go up on the weekends, have your farmer's market, have all your produce out there and what you're selling. Invest in that. I know somebody in this church that in the business that, they, that they, he works for, they use pumps. They use pumps in this business. And he went out and bought a pump. And he releases it to the farm. And so this pump is continually making money for him. And he doesn't have to do nothing. There might be some maintenance here and there. But that's wisdom. That's wisdom. Flip cars. Are you good at mechanic work? Are you good at, auto, uh, at body work? You can flip cars. You can buy a car. You got, you got to know what you're doing, though. What if a group, group of guys here that all enjoyed working cars start flipping cars together? That's just an idea. How about raise cattle? That's another thing. If you enjoy farming, if, if hobby farm, you can raise cattle. You could, you could uh, do it organically. That's another huge thing that people are buying into. You could raise cattle. You could do real estate, which we'll talk about more. But you're sitting here thinking, well, I don't have no money. I don't have money to invest. I can't buy a cow. I can't flip cars. I can't do any of that. I don't have no money. Well, I got good news for you, too. Craigslist has a whole page of free stuff. People that just want you to take their stuff away. I know someone from this church that we, ha we have a local auction house right here in Vassar. We have a local auction house right here in Vassar. They had some white paint laying around their house. They got a free wire spool. They slapped some white paint on it. They took it up to the auction house. I think it sold for 40, 60 bucks, something like that. See, opportunity, we miss opportunity because it looks, it comes dressed in overhauls and looks like awful lot like work. Who can do it? Some old paint and a wire spool, and there's 40 bucks. What did it take you, 15 minutes? Who gets paid $40 for every 15 minutes they work? There's people that just want you to take their stuff from them. You can take furniture, refurnish furniture, sell it on Craigslist, sell it back on um, eBay or at the auction house here. Listed on Facebook. There's no marketplaces on Facebook that you can just list stuff on fa Facebook. There's so much to, available to do, but we got our talents dug and buried in a hole somewhere and afraid to do anything. What you're going to find as you work to master your money that it's actually more about mastering yourself. It's more about mastering yourself. Because to master money, it takes discipline and it takes self-control. For most people, it's going to be impossible to live on 80% immediately. But that should be your target. That should be your goal. You need to write it down somewhere. 
This third step to building your first X is know what an asset is. I mean, this is stuff we should have been taught in high school, but we're not. We need to be good stewards of the 80%. One of the main keys to this is knowing the difference between an asset and a liability. When you buy a TV, a dining room set, or an expensive car, do you know what happens immediately after you leave the store? It starts depreciating. It automatically starts losing value. They say that when you pull off an auto dealer's lot and you buy a brand new car, as soon as those tires hit the ro road, you've lost five to $10,000. Wow. Anything that is worth less than you paid, than what you paid for it and continues to lose value is what is called a liability. It's amazing how people will think nothing of spending twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars on a car and go in debt on a car, but are unwilling to put three thousand to five thousand dollars down on a hundred thousand dollar house because they're afraid of going into debt. Do you understand how marketing works now? We're marketed. We love our cars. I like cars. But we're marketed that that is what you need. The car, the car immediately decreases in value as soon as it's driven off the dealer's lot, where the house, if you buy it correctly, see, this is another thing. We got to harness our emotions. We can't be emotional people when we, we buy things. Too many people don't buy things with their head. They buy things with their emotions. A home, if you buy it correctly, can almost immediately start appreciating. And on average, real estate increases in value. On average. Now, in all investments, there is a degree of risk. That's why you need to spend time getting knowledge, getting wisdom before you make any financial investments. Assets are completely different than liabilities. Assets are things like stocks, real estate, businesses, royalties, things that bring money to you. There's a person in this church that's writing a book, writing a children's book. Who knows where that book can go, right? She's investing her time. She's investing her resources into it. And that could just create income for her. I don't think that's the reason why she did it, but I'm believing God for her that it will. Amen. A liability is money paid to someone else where an asset causes money to be paid to you. Right? Ain't this exciting? Huh? That's good stuff. There is nothing wrong with having a nice car. There's nothing wrong with having a big TV or going on fancy vacations, but you should... Be working to get assets to pay for your liabilities, right? Because we all have liabilities. We all have liabilities. 
But instead of having the money that you make by your time paying for your liabilities, your assets should be paying for your liabilities. But this takes a total money mind shift. Let me explain this to you because you're probably thinking, how in the world can I have my assets pay for my liabilities? Well, the story that I heard was this farm community, all the boys started getting motorbikes, getting motorcycles. They, wanted, they were all getting motorcycles. The first kid got his, the second kid got his, and they were excited. They were all getting motorcycles. They were all pumped up and excited about it. They were using their money that they had to buy these motorcycles. And so one of the kids, he runs home one day. Dad's out in the barn working, and he runs into the barn and says, Dad, Dad, I want to take my money, and I want to, and I want to, buy, I want to buy a mo- motorcycle. Johnny has a motorcycle. Jimmy has a motorcycle. They're, they're all getting motorcycles. It's going to be so much fun. And his dad's working, and he says, oh, yeah? Well, I'm not going to let you use your money to buy a motorcycle. And the kid was disappointed. You know, he was excited. He was all emotionally charged for this motorcycle. And the dad just kept on working, and the boy just was quiet. Because usually when dad said something, that was it. You don't talk back to dad. You don't, you're not going to change his mind. And they're just quiet for a little bit, and the dad says, but what I am going to do is I'm going to let you buy a cow. And the kid kicked the ground and walked out of the barn. And the next weekend, dad took the boy down to the auction house. He took him down to the auction house, and he says, which cow do you want? And he starts, they start looking at the cows, and then the auction goes, and he bought this cow, got it for a good price, and they brought it home. And the cow was pregnant. And after a couple months, the cow gave birth to twins. So now the boy had a cow, and he had two little calves. And the, and the dad said to him, son, now... I'm going to let you sell one of those calves and buy a motorcycle. So now the boy had a motorcycle. The boy had a calf. And the boy had a cow. That's how you let your assets pay for your liabilities. The next step to getting your first X is eliminate debt. Eliminate debt. Consumer debt is one of the biggest plagues in American homes. In America, we are taught to be consumers. And do you know what the word consume means? It means to destroy. The word consume means to destroy. So when you are a consumer, you are destroying your power to get wealth. If you buy a $2,000 TV on credit card at 19.8% rate, paying the minimum payment, you will, it will take you 31 years and two months to pay off the, ba- the, the balance of, for a grand total of $10,202. That's 
That's 8202 in interest alone. And that's a TV. What do you think that TV is going to look like in 31 years? Here's a bigger one. You ready for a bigger one? Most people use your credit cards to buy fast food. You're still paying on Taco Bell that you had two years ago. It's ridiculous. And statistically, statistically, do you know why they want you to use your credit card? Because statistically, a person buys 30% more when they use a credit card. Sure, throw those apple pies on there. Yeah, let's supersize it. You want a Frosty? Yeah, sure. Why not? And 10 years later, you're still paying for your Happy Meals. Let's say that you have a mortgage. See, just because you get a mortgage doesn't mean you have to play by their rules. You can make double payments. You can make bi-monthly payments. There's so many different ways to get your mortgage paid off quicker. But let's say you have a mortgage for $275,000 with a 30-year mortgage at 5%. If you pay the normal payments, you'll end up paying $531,453. Whatever, however you say that. And that, and that was on a $275,000 mortgage. That is $256,453 in interest. Better get a cow and have some calves. In Proverbs 24, verse 3, it says, Any inter enterprise is built by wise planning. Become strong through common sense and profits wonderfully by keeping abreast of all the facts. I think the facts speak for themselves. Debt elimination is important. Debt elimination is important because most people are shackled by debt. In Proverbs 22, verse 7, it says, The rich rule over the poor and the borrower becomes the lender's slave. Debt prevents us from building wealth, and to many people, live their lives enslaved to consumer debt. We must use biblical wisdom that God has given us to break free and become the masters, not the slave, of money. There are, there's plenty of information out there about getting out of debt. Dave Ramsey has great, great, resources for getting out of debt. His debt snowball. We, we've done the Financial Peace University here on Wednesday nights. It's where you, pay, you take your, your smallest debt and you put all your extra money to pay off that smallest debt. And when that smallest debt is paid off, you take whatever, whatever the, um, the, uh, you were paying on that and you put it all on the next debt and it just snowballs down until you're completely debt-free. Billy Uphart has a nine-step program that you can seek out. There's lots of information how to get, to get rid of debt. But the biggest thing that you have to do to get rid of debt is change your habits. Change the way that you see money. 
work on your emotional impulses. See, building your first X is about mastering yourself. It takes self-control. It takes discipline. A man without self-control is as a defenseless as a city with broken down walls. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 6. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us be alert and sober. And that sober doesn't mean don't be drunk. It means be clear thinking. Be clear thinking. We must make deliberate choices to, to, to make the changes needed to produce the desired results that we want. We must learn to walk in the strength of the Spirit and not cave to the desires of the flesh and our emotions. We must believe in our hearts that God's principles work to the point that it creates a corresponding action in our life. It's one thing to shake our heads on Sunday morning. It's one thing to agree, agree with what's being said here in God's principles. But it's a whole other thing when your agreement transforms the way that you live and the choices that you make. Faith without a corresponding action, faith without works is dead, and dead faith does not produce anything. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, see, some of this is going to take time. Some of us might be in a, in a, in a boatload of trouble in our finances. God's grace is sufficient. You'll, you'll, you'll be amazed as the miracles that will happen when you just start being obedient. That God will start blessing you just by being obedient. And once you start being obedient, it, yeah, it might take time. It might seem like it's going to take forever. That is there no way possible to get out of the mess that you're in. But God, <laughs> just be obedient. And, and Galatians chapter 6 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. Spiritual living, when it's talking about spiritual living, it's not talking about in heaven. Are we supposed to walk in the Spirit here on earth? Yeah, that's that kingdom life, right? Spiritual living is not separating ourselves from the natural world, but walking in God's truth against the truth that the fallen world is trying to sell you. You're walking in a different wisdom. You're walking in a different truth. Right? You're renewing your mind. And God's saying is when you walk in the Spirit, when you're sowing to the Spirit, when you're living your life according to God's principles, according to how God has set things up, you will reap if you fail not. We will reap if you faint not. Don't grow weary. Don't grow weary. You know, some of us might need some accountability partners. That goes back to getting a coach. See, most of us are so too embarrassed to say, I screwed up with money. I, I tell you what, 
I bet you 99% of the people in here has screwed up with money in their life. But you need someone to cheer you on. You need someone to keep you accountable. There's even an app that you can, I don't have my phone on me, an app, an accountability app where you set up with a partner and, and you can check in with each other on the app. It's pretty cool. But you'll reap. You just got to start putting these principles into motion in your life. These principles will aid you in getting to your first X. And what is the first X? Getting your expenses below your income. Why? So you have a surplus that you can start investing that surplus to get to your second X. And at the second X, that's where you have financial freedom. These principles will aid you in getting to your first X and, and get you to your second. Amen. That's how you said all that. So this is good stuff. This is very valuable. I wish I would have, when I was younger, I would have heard this stuff. And I wish I had, would have had the wisdom to listen. Right? We're hearing it, but do we have the wisdom to listen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you that you have said in your word that if we're willing and obedient, we will eat the good of the land. You are a God that has empowered us to make wealth, to establish your covenant in the earth. So, Father, right now we just speak the wisdom of God on this congregation. We speak the power of God on this congregation. We come against the emotions and, and the mindset that we have that we find our identity from the things that we have. We find our identity in you. We are rich because we are in Christ Jesus. We come against fear, Lord, that keeps us from going out and living life and building the kingdom because we're afraid of losing. We come against that spirit of fear. We speak blessing and we receive it now in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen, church. You've been listening to a message from Karis New Testament Church. For more information or to contact us, go to www.karisntc.org. And remember, you are deeply loved, highly favored, and destined to reign in Christ Jesus.